Welcome to Geek Girl Soup. I'm Susan. I'm Kelly. I'm Court. And we are back to celebrate Kelly's birthday. Kind of Woohoo! With, <laughs> with Kelly's choices of topic this week. And, and what is the official title of, the, of this week, Kelly? Justice is served. And everyone's yeah, slamming down your gavel right now. Right. Oh, I <laughs> wish I had one. You, you could find a sound effect when you edit this. All right. I was yeah. thinking the law and order thing. But, oh, yeah. But no. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely know. <laughs> yeah. Copyright mm-hmm. infringement. <laughs> that was my interpretation of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so in, in, the, in the things we watched, justice was served in different ways. We watched some of the episodes in Netflix's The Innocence Files. And those were cases where people had been wrongly convicted and ended up getting out of prison years and years and years later. We watched My Cousin Vinny, where the two guys, the two youths, the two youths, the case was thrown out finally. We watched and in in one of the episodes of the Innocence Files that you guys didn't get to, there's a clip Mm -hmm. from my cousin Vinny. Oh no! Oh, I wish I had watched that one. Oh my (laughs) gosh, that's awesome! Wow. And and obviously we'll discuss all these in more detail, but in the Rainmaker, an evil health insurance company Mm -hmm. gets found massively guilty. And in And Justice for All, uh, no one is found guilty or not guilty or released, but Al Pacino exposes a judge and the system. That was excellent. Okay. That was yep, I hadn't seen it in decades. And it's got the lines that are usually misquoted. You're out of order. You're out of order. This whole court is out of order. I never knew what that was from, Kelly. Yeah. Not ever. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Kelly, I was just, just going to say where you can find the three movies as of right now. It's just, it's just going to be irrelevant when people listen to this in the future but where we watched these things <laughs> my cousin Benny and and the rainmaker were on hbo max and we had to rent and justice for all and innocence file oh, i already said netflix netflix all right perfect um i also watched brian banks um he was a part of the california innocence project um Ooh. like they told it was a specific story like from like that whole you know like what they do and it told his story and they also talk about some of the other cases that that the, the one who was in charge of the california section of the innocence project and talked about some of the other cases he'd worked and at the end of the movie they showed all these different pictures and all this time that people had served before they were um, their um, sentence were reversed like it was but anywhere between eight years and 36 years people had served in prison and they were released because the evidence um was either insufficient or it was old technology or like it's the same thing that we saw in the actual innocence project um so that was pretty cool and with brian banks i'd seen that movie before a couple years ago and came back to rewatch it for this because it seemed like it was the perfect you know justice is served 
Um, he was wrongly accused of abduction and rape. Um, one of his one of his classmates, like they were in school one day and they snuck off to go make out. And like not long after, I guess the security guard saw the girl. And instead of saying what they were doing, she accused the young boy of rape. And he was 16 at the time. He was charged an adult as an adult. He spent five years in prison because he took a plea because you know how that goes. So we've seen all these different court TV shows where previously I had been cheering on my favorite closer, like uh, Brenda, the closer, like you would get this confession out of people, but like, suppose like you're getting this confession and is it any good? Um, but he just took it because his whole future was ahead of him. They told him he would only have so much time, but when he got out of prison, he had to register as a sex offender and he was on parole. So there are only so many things he could do and he was innocent. So he had, he worked with the innocence project and they were able to, you know, get his sentence, his whole, everything expunged, not expunged. Oh. It was reversed because like he didn't do it. Yeah. And the girl actually confessed on tape that she lied, but he recorded it without her knowledge. So they couldn't <gasps> use that. Oh yeah. But it, it turned out good. I just, you know, spoiled the movie, but, it, you know, I still go back no, and watch no. it because it's a really good experience. And who was that in there? It has Greg Kinnear. He plays, um, like, Justin. can't remember the guy's last name, but he plays Justin, who was actually in charge of the California Innocence Project. And Aldous Hodge. Like, oh. I would just, like, get stuff away from the movie every now and again and say, he's so beautiful. <laughs> Because he's a handsome man. I want to see him everything. But yeah. Oh, Kelly, I know Apple TV Plus or whatever it's called. I know that's your second favorite behind HBO Max. Have you watched Blackbird mm -hmm. yet? No, it just came out Friday. And so, no, I haven't so gotten bad. to it yet. Awesome. It's so good. And it would have fit this. Well, I, I only oh. saw the first two episodes. But mm -hmm. like for what this is and we're doing right now, it's very interesting. It has Taryn Edgerton. Awesome. And it's the last thing that Ray Liotta was in. So oh, very good. Goodness. And it is on my calendar. On yeah. Cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It, it is on my calendar. I tend to put things on that I'm interested in watching. And then once I started, I delete it from my calendar. I have not deleted this yet. So gotcha. awesome. there to prompt me. Yeah. So I didn't realize that uh, Brian Banks was a biopic. So that means Susan mm -hmm. will never watch it. Yeah. I think I think when I texted, I only refer to you, Kelly. <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, I forgot yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. And so, of course, I picked this topic a while ago because of all the fuckery in the Supreme Court right now mm -hmm. where justice is not being served. Mm -hmm. So I, I needed a little pick me up, which would involve watching some cases where justice was indeed. Yeah. And it's too bad that, you know, the innocence files was a limited series because yeah. I mean, they really could go on and on and on, but yeah. they, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And so they're focused on doing the actual work and releasing these people, not making a series, right. a TV series. Right. So that's okay. exactly true. And, and that it was kind of a pick me up. But not entirely because, you know, it's such a mixed bag where they've spent, you know, like nine to 30 some odd years in prison. And one of the guys, you know, I didn't write down their names, but one of them 
and uh, maybe it was episode two. Mm-hmm. He's the one uh, thinking of who grew the really long beard afterwards. Yes. And uh, it was just so cute. Cause it was like, you know, I could never grow my hair longer, grow a beard in prison. And so, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as I got out, I'm like, I haven't shaved or cut my yeah. hair since getting out. And it's like super long. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Oh my God, it, the interview they did with him the day he got out, he was just not, he didn't sound bitter at all. Oh, he mm-hmm. sounds so hopeful and upbeat. And I'm thinking, how, how didn't he spend 25, 33, something like that years in prison? Long time, like yeah. that. How, how does he keep that kind of attitude? Yeah, I guess yeah, it's you probably know, the only thing he could hold on to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. True. And then what, what is he crusading for? Like, uh, against, uh, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Against using bite marks. So So that was was another, Oh, and that guy, that the doctor, he, he was infuriating. Oh, yes. (sighs) So let's explain what we're talking about here. That was something I loved that they pointed out in this series how forensic science is oftentimes based on junk science. Mm -hmm. And we just don't realize that because of the movies and TV shows like Dexter and and CSI and all of those, they show forensic science as looking like an actual, very accurate science with bite marks and blood spatter mm-hmm. and all of that. And HBO's The Staircase um, actually pointed out that blood spatter is not accurate, that it can be interpreted in multiple ways. And you know, you suspect that, but again, you go to Dexter and I know that's pure fiction and everything, but still you, you think of that and, and again, CSI, which I've never watched and the other similar shows, and they make it sound like it's all very, very accurate. So I really appreciated learning in the innocence files that it's not based on real science and particularly the bite marks. And when they showed all of those images of things that, where they questioned people, do you think this is a bite mark? For sure. Uh, Yes, no, maybe. And I looked at some of them and there was this one where I might've said maybe, and I'm like, no, it does not look like a bite mark. It looks closer to a coffee stain that happens to be red. And And I don't know if it was counted as a bite mark or not. And and some of them, it's just like, well, if it was a bite, it was only with like the top Upper. teeth or something, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, because there's no lower bite mark. Yeah. And it's just like on the arm. And you think that, yeah. you know, if you're biting it, that you like clamp and grab with yeah. both yeah. How, how, upper and how lower. How do you do that? How, how does that happen? Yeah. I mean, what, did they put a piece of wood in the bottom or, or, you know, anything, but then that would leave a mark. Right. There would be a mark. Right. So so, so what is it? And then they said how the bite mark quote science all started with Ted Bundy. Yeah. And, and it's once he got convicted based on bite marks that the rest of the country jumped on that bandwagon. 
And then, I mean, we already know that quote eyewitness testimony is really faulty and flawed. And in one of the episodes, I think maybe it was four or five, they were going through it was a guy's trial where there was a hung jury or mistrial, forget which, but anyway, he was tried a second time. And for the second trial, the eyewitnesses had been coached so much mm. that they all had the same story. They, they said it was this particular car, which was indeed the defendant's car while in their original police reports or questioning by the police said, well, maybe it was a Buick. Oh, I don't know. It was a Monte Carlo or whatever. You know, they would name three or four, maybe five different cars that it could have been Mm -hmm. and three or four different colors. Was this the one in Los Angeles? I don't remember. Okay. All right. Hard to keep them all straight. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it was episode four or five. I I think the majority of them you know, they started with Alabama and Mississippi. So, Mm -hmm. and then, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then there was Los Angeles and Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and the the Philadelphia one, I think that was in like episode six and seven that you guys didn't get to. And they also, um, okay. Remember that other, the PBS documentary, Philly DA Mm -hmm. that, uh, about Larry Krasner. So, Mm -hmm he was involved in this also. Mm, And this was one of the cases that he helped to, um, he helped to clear. Oh, cool. So yeah, this was, this was very cool. Showing all the insides of, you know, behind the scenes of how this works and, Mm -hmm. and the, the jury in the second trial where they convicted him, the, filmmakers interviewed some of them and they said they had no idea that the case had already been tried once before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wonder if the defense attorneys were not allowed to bring that up. Probably. No, not. I don't think they are. Yeah. And prejudicial. Right. Right. It, yeah, it definitely would be, but could they not have brought in the witnesses police testimony where, or did it just not help the jury where the different witnesses, you know, told vastly different stories about the car and the color and, and all of that, that would have helped me as a juror to go, wow, that does not sound reliable. None of them sounds like a reliable witness. Yeah. Because you can like, um, cross-examine them it's like well you know in your original uh interview to the police you said this but now you're saying mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. which is it <laughs> yeah and then I would have brought in I think you know not an attorney never having gone to law school but I think I would have wanted to bring in an expert you know a neuroscientist an expert on memory because to have this second trial, I don't remember how much later it was than the actual crime happened, but memory changes significantly over time. Mm-hmm. You tend not to remember more, you tend to remember less. And what you remember is your is a memory of the thing, 
you don't really remember the thing. Yeah. You remember a memory of it. And, and it one is of the witnesses changeable. actually says that. And I think that's mm. also in a later episode. <laughs> mm, cool. <laughs> yeah. So if they had brought in somebody to talk about that and point out, well, they couldn't have, they still couldn't have referred to the first trial, but they could have said all this time has gone by their original mm-hmm. statements to the police were this, mm-hmm. and here's how it can happen that they're quote, so sure about their testimony now. So I, I don't know, you know, maybe something like that wouldn't have been allowed, but I think I would have tried that. Yeah, probably wouldn't have been allowed until the, the later hearing to overturn mm. the conviction. Gosh. And then again, I don't remember if he had a public defender or a lawyer he was paying and either way, you know, maybe they didn't think about it, wouldn't have thought about it or couldn't find someone who would do it for free. Yeah. I mean, I think in any of these cases, if they had had a lawyer that they were paying, then they would have been, they would have been not guilty. Yeah. So not all, but yeah, had a greater chance. Yeah. 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 So that is another problem, isn't it? Not dissing public defenders at all, because we certainly love our anti-heroes, Saul and Kim, which comes back tomorrow or by the time you're listening to this, it came Mm -hmm. out two days ago Mm -hmm. and they do sometimes nefariously a fine job getting (laughs) their clients off. Um, but yes, it, it seems like, and you know, again, I don't know for sure, but we, we do know that public defenders don't have the money to spend on the best defense possible. Right. Right. Unlike the state. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good series. And of course, (laughs) going along with Susan and documentaries, right. I watched a lot of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just ran out of time. I would have watched yeah, them all. Yeah. Yeah. If I hadn't run out of time. Definitely. But I'm I'm glad start. that you, you know, that there's a comedy that you picked a comedy to go in this and make <laughs> Yeah. Get a little lighter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My cousin Vinny. Mm-hmm. It holds up except for the music. <laughs> and the uh and Marissa Tomei's wardrobe. <laughs> okay. Hey. 80s I know, fashion, awesome. you know, come on. Vinny's holds up because that works for a specific place, you know, as, of, as opposed to a specific time. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, Marissa Tomei's is, is more, it's also for a place, but it's And how did she win an Oscar for this? <laughs> like, well, what was she up against? The car I don't remember. That's why she won her award for a yeah. testimony about the cars. <laughs> yeah, true. There were other moments too. I think even the uh, about her biological t- clock ticking. I think people liked that, and I think she was only twenty eight when this came out. Yeah, I, I looked up their age difference, and he's oh. like twenty one years older than her. Normal. And for a biological clock ticking, it would have made more sense if she had been like 34, 35. Yeah. Yeah. But it was but this cute. was in the early days of fertility medicine. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. 
well, it was 1992, but yeah, it, so it kind of made it cuter that at 28, she felt like her biological clock was ticking. I don't know, but oh my gosh, you know, no self-respect in Southerner uses instant grits. Well, (laughs) some of us do. Now, then again, maybe you don't call me a self-respect in Southerner. First of all, I'm from Texas and, and self second of all, if self-respect in Southerner means like worshiping the Confederate flag, then hell no, I am not a self-respecting Southerner. But instant Quaker, Quaker instant grits are absolutely fine. They are what my mother gave me when I was growing up. Breakfast almost also, every morning. Butter, argument. salt, and pepper. It's the only way. Yeah. Only way. No sugar. No. Yes, sugar. Edit that sound down, I dare you. (laughs) Yes, yes, sugar. Or shrimp. (gasps) Shrimp is fine. Yes, but no sugar. It is not cream of wheat or oatmeal. It doesn't matter. Butter, salt, and pepper. Yes, it does. Oh, my God. How are we going to be roommates in TCI? We're not eating grit. That's true. <laughs> yeah, That's they don't true. have those at TCI. <laughs> I, know. I was just talking to another friend a few days ago about that movie, and I quoted that line, and and he's like, "I hate grits," and I almost gave up on the friendship right then and there. Mm-hmm. How do you hate grits? What? And and I, it was a rhetorical question. How do you hate grits? And and he said, "Is that a rhetorical question?" I'm like, yes, because I did not want to hear anyone's like anyone explaining what's not to like i just Agreed. didn't need to hear it because you know, whatever it is this is hilarious because I'm, I'm the one who lives in texas right now and <laughs> i have no opinion on this that's fine you're less. not a texan you're not a texan it's no. okay you're a californian even though you live there in texas that's fine <laughs> as long as you don't do grits wrong we're cool but if I have no opinion on it, then how can I that's do it okay. wrong? But see, that's okay. You're fine. Having no opinion is fine. <laughs> it's like, you know, I had no opinion on which way the toilet paper goes. Ah. Oh. Until, <laughs> until one day when I was like, how old was I? Like mid twenties, a friend got mad at me for putting it back Long. on at, at her house the wrong with it way. under yeah under yeah it doesn't go under the patent even <laughs> shows that it goes oh. over and so yeah and so I put it on over ever mm-hmm. since then yeah. but before that it's like the only wrong way to put toilet paper on the roll is to not have any toilet paper on the roll yes and yep, then not it's it like, who cares you know well that's the first <laughs> wrong way the second wrong way is to put it under and the third wrong way is to put sugar in your grits. How does that hey, affect your toilet how... paper? <laughs> well, well, I think the new wrong way is to not have bamboo toilet paper <laughs> or recycle or whatever. Yeah. Those are yeah. I haven't seen bamboo. Is that at Trader Joe's? I got it from Amazon. Oh, yeah. really? Amazon. I didn't even know about it. Then, I recycled. But then the, you know, ordering it from Amazon and all of that. I was saying evil. I can't, that, look, I can do know. one thing. Right. Yeah. 
not one yeah. thing. I can do many things, but like, this is my one vice. Maybe that makes let you carbon neutral. <laughs> Buying bamboo toilet paper from Amazon. <laughs> then you're carbon neutral. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my cousin, Denny. Squirrel. <laughs> many. Massive, big old giant squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> Before the days of bamboo toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't be down with toilet. It was kind of fun going back to the 90s, which were kind of like the 80s because it was so early in the 90s. Anyway. Yes, it was. It was. And I just, it's like you forget how far into the 90s the 80s went. I mean, this is two years in. Now, then again, they made the film in 91 Hopefully it didn't start night, but still. So yeah, yeah. It was so much fun. And seeing Mr. Munster, Fred Gwynn. Yes. He mm-hmm. was awesome. Lots mm-hmm. of fun. Oh, and every night in whatever hotel they're sleeping <laughs> or every morning, you know, they're awoken by the train and then by the, the pigs. And then he's finally like, look, just leave me in, in jail. Maybe I'll get more sleep. And it's so loud in the jail and no one would be able to sleep in that except for him because he's a city boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The kind of noise he's used to. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he was so, Vinny was such, so he did turn out to be a good defense attorney and a good trial attorney mm-hmm. and he was also a kind one mm-hmm. he really didn't mock any of the witnesses especially mm-hmm. not the old woman with the thick older she was an old, older woman with the thick glasses i thought he was he was very kind about that mm-hmm. yeah like even when he was questioning the guy about his dirty ass windows right. he didn't mock yeah. him or condescend about it He's like, wait, what's this yes. here? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, while I was watching Rainmaker, I kept wishing that they had hired Vinny instead because Matt Damon's character kind of sucked. It was his oh. first case, but still. Yeah. Well, I, I think it was funny that it, for both of them, you know, it was their first, it was their first case. And then, you know, Danny DeVito in the Rainmaker, he had failed six times and, yes. you know, Vinny yes. took it six <laughs> times. And so. Exactly. And they're both in the South. Yeah. 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 And yeah. also I thought that, you know, the, the first boss in the, in the Rainmaker um, was named Bruiser. It's like, Rourke, was, yeah. was um, Saul Goodman modeled after him? I know, you know, because he had, he had the, you know, the fish tank in the office, the office in a strip mall, all of that, you know? Yeah. Very true. We should dig around, look that Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yeah. Okay. So what else about the rainmaker then? The (laughs) yes. Oh my gosh. I was was watching this and I realized, yeah, this is my first time seeing this movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I hadn't yeah. seen it in years, I think, since it came out. And what year was it? 96, 1996? Mm-hmm. Oh, it, and the, the, the flip phone. It was a second oh generation gosh. cell phone because it had mm. the little flip thing. And it was mm-hmm. it was not like a big brick phone, <laughs> True. brick cell phone. <laughs> True. That was wild. Yes. So 
you know, we assume it's accurate. The, the, the secret documents about the practice of denying all claims, you know, mm-hmm. or was at one point, Oh, and Roy Scheider as the oh, CEO. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I was him. so mad at him in this. Yeah. I was like, ah, Cause I just watched, jo- we just watched Shaw's I watched one and two. I was oh, like, I nice. just watched you. I can't cheer for you in this. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was great. My goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I also like, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name. The yeah, Virginia Madsen. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Really like her awesome. too. Virginia Madsen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so many I good was, people in this. Oh yeah, like Clara Danes. I was like, is that little baby Claire right there? Oh, it yes. is. Yes. 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 So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So lots to be mad at in this movie, and then to cheer for. Oh yeah, and how the jury, of course, found the health insurance company guilty, and it was Perfect. like hundred fifty thousand dollars in damages. But then the punitive damages, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what was it? 10 50 million? Fifth, sorry, 50, 50 million. Because they asked for 10. They gave yeah. them 50. That's right. Yeah. That so, was perfect. That was cool. I mean, they would never mm-hmm. pay. Oh, that's right. Then they went to they they right. bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And but the still. CEO tried to skip town, leave the country. That set a nice precedent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. could lead to change in other insurance companies. Yeah. And of course, now bone marrow transplant is <laughs> settled yep. law. <laughs> yep. So yep. Yeah. is standard. standard. Yeah. And like they even said, like the insurance company, they were running clinics because it was standard procedure. Mm-hmm. Well, because they saw that it was going to be so. It's like let's invest right. in this. Right. Because mm-hmm. previously, um, yeah. what's his name? John Boyd's character was arguing it was experimental. And like, that's crazy how, what was, oh, that was, was it 30 years ago? Wow. Cause we think of, I was like, what are you talking about experimental? Like people get bone marrow transplants all the time. What are you talking about? But I guess back then it was. Yeah, back then it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was weird. That's how it becomes a, sta- a <laughs> standard. Yeah. 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 Experiments. Yeah. And I, I hate how they threw out uh, Virginia Madsen's uh, testimony because oh. like when she was given that testimony, like all that, that shit sounded shady, like off top, like mm-hmm. all those practices. Like, why would you throw that out? Like technicality. Yes, them. I know. Right. And I don't care what she signed. Yeah. Like sue her, let her testify. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Let her testify and then let the company sue her. Right. right. And For obviously she was under duress, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And mm-hmm. then she can sue them for sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. I love Danny Glover in this though. Oh <laughs> like yes. That, me too. That me one too. scene where they were trying to schedule um, the deposition mm-hmm. and uh, Drummond kept trying to say, well, oh, I'm not available that day. I'm not available that day. All right. Well, we're still going to have it. You can show up if you want to. That's <laughs> right. There are nothing you guys. Awesome. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Yeah. And then he's like, not so <laughs> quietly cheering on Matt Damon's character. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. you know, he can't outright help him. But yeah. then he's like, you know, smiling when he does something right. Leading yeah. him. Really kind of, yes. you know. yeah. yeah. 
that was that was a good movie, good pick. Yeah. Like I, I, by the time that came out, I think I was burned out on Grisham movies. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, then I never caught it. Punch. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like the Marvel movies of today, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't get burned yeah, out. Was, on those. <laughs> the firm. Okay, what else? The firm was Pelican Brief one of his. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. was it? Okay. Mm-hmm. A Time to Kill wasn't? No. Was it? No, that wasn't. Wait, there was one with Susan Sarandon and that's the, one. the boy. Yeah, that's the one I think of a lot. Okay, yeah, I think that was. Yeah. Let's see. Susan. Courtroom dramas used to be such a big thing in film. Mm-hmm. And in TV. Like, I used to yeah, love yeah, but, but, the, but there still are courtroom dramas on oh, tv aren't there or no yeah but they're not the same um, yeah all rise is um now on own that was on cbs previously okay the client oh yes oh, tommy lee jones i used to love that movie because there was a tv show that they made based on that too oh i don't remember how long it lasted but it okay. was pretty good and you guys watched a bonus film huh? yes and justice for all mm-hmm. yeah I loved Al Pacino in this. Yeah. It made me, it, it rekindled my appreciation for Al Pacino. Honestly, I had been sour on him ever since Scent of a Woman. Really? <laughs> yes, because, uh, because first I didn't love that movie, but more so because he took away Denzel's Oscar. That was when Denzel should have won it for Malcolm X. Okay, yes, he should have won it from Malcolm X, but I did like Sin of a Woman. Like that That's one fine. scene where he goes to testify at the school. Yeah. Yes. Al Pacino should not have won his Oscar for Scent of a Woman. He got I it agree. because he had never gotten one before. Yeah. He had better work yes. before and after that. Yes. So this, again, rekindled my appreciation for Pacino. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. I really loved his character and how compassionate he is Mm -hmm. really, really caring about his characters. And when he had that conversation with the judge played by John Forsyth and the judge says, I don't care about him referring to Pacino's client. And Pacino just said, he was speechless. He's just standing there in utter disbelief. So the judge really cares only about the absolute teeny tiny letter of the law and not about the people that the law is supposed to serve. And then to have the two clients, his two clients that we're following Mm -hmm. both die in jail, just terrible. Yeah. And you could see like what cost it was taken out on him because he really did care. Yeah. Um, like I love that scene of him confronting his his friend, uh, yes. Warren Fresnel. Like he said, "Hey, I need you to read this paper and take it to the courthouse." And my dude goes to lunch. I was extra mad because uh, his the character was played by Larry Brigman, who uh, was in As the World Turns. I grew up watching that man, so I kept uh, oh, you know calling wow. by his character's name from that. And I, I wanted him to be a good guy, but like he, he was just, you know, he played his part as an attorney who I think worked civil cases only or corporate cases. So he, he's mm-hmm. telling him, this is not the kind of case I work. Uh, why didn't you go? But he went because his 
partner had a breakdown. And why did the partner have a breakdown? Because he set someone free or he helped get someone set free who murdered kids. Yeah. And it was crazy how at the end he comes back after having his little breakdown and he's all good. I, I love the ending yeah. of that movie because Al Pacino's yeah. character has just had a similar breakdown in the middle of open court, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And he's like, hey, yes. how you doing? What's up? And he's going, yeah. he's going back in. And yeah. I can just picture if he doesn't get disbarred. Um, oh, he will. Oh, he, he should will. be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be. Because yeah. you do that and you reveal that your client is guilty. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume he would have a hearing. Yes. Yeah. I assume there'd be a hearing to disbar him. But Susan, yeah. isn't that pretty much grounds for disbarment? Yeah. yeah. And that conversation, I, I didn't know it was going exactly that way. But like that conversation he had with his dad, because his dad wanted him to be an attorney. And that's not something he really ever wanted for himself anyway. Like, I was like, oh, shit, he's doing it. And like, mm-hmm. as he was giving his speech, I was like, oh God, he's doing it. And then he, he said it. I was in here cheering like I was watching a basketball game. <laughs> it, that was fantastic. I, I, I really love this movie. I wish I had bought it. And I just looked it up. It's, it's available on Crackle. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. If anybody wants to see it before it goes away. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> and again, all, all the actors in it and yeah. uh and also the other judge oh, who Francis. takes them uh, who takes a uh, jack warden who takes them out on the helicopter and pacino oh, uh, tells <laughs> christine lottie's character that he has a death wish and mm-hmm. you know we don't totally see that and then later it's like oh he's actually trying to put the rifle in his mouth okay yeah. okay yeah. so yeah and the bailiff's reaction to that whole thing, so blase about it because like this is what everybody knows he's doing. He's been trying to kill himself unsuccessfully for reasons, probably. Yep. Yeah. So that was really a scathing look at the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's still relevant. In 1979, that's when that mm-hmm. movie came out. And it was filmed in Baltimore. <laughs> like i know that place i know that place oh look i know that place i was looking at the architecture like during the film and i saw the row houses but like other places have row houses so i was like oh look at that that's cool um and from the 70s i was like oh yeah that's cool that yeah nice i like the love the 70s very cool and i'm like wait a minute is that mount vernon where is he running wait a minute Hey! And then I saw the Domino Sugar sign. I was like, "Yep, he's in Baltimore." <laughs> I, I recognize all the different places, and so that makes me they be extra happy watching this movie. Aww, especially for way back then, because a lot of things have changed since the seventies. Yeah, yeah, that's always fun to see. Yeah, I think that one was my favorite of our choices Thanks. this week. That's While nice. justice was not served for anyone in that one, oh. but. True. It was still my favorite. Justice was served for the rape victims, even though that was probably a mistrial. True. True. She, the truth came out for her. And, and that judge's career had to be ruined. Yeah. Because that will come out in the press. And even if he has another trial and is found not guilty, she knows mm-hmm. and the public will know. Not quite I, good enough. But I agree better than 
it no. being swept under the rug and yeah. nobody believing her. Yeah, definitely. Like, didn't he call out a murder too at the end when he was being dragged out of the courtroom? Like, you killed, I can't remember the guy's name. <laughs> like, he's, he screamed something, you killed some guy when yeah, like, they I were forget. dragging him out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he definitely got disbarred, but it was worth it. He didn't want to be yeah. a lawyer anyway. Yeah. There's a lot of turnover in that possession, profession. Mm. <laughs> so. I believe it. Like, just watching how they went crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But Jeffrey Tambor, Bar- Tambor's character, like in the mm-hmm. hallway, throwing the plate. Mm-hmm. So this is good. Thanks again, Kelly. Absolutely. For next time, we are doing, we are back to the seven deadly sins. This time, gluttony. We are doing Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs <laughs> on Netflix. And awesome. yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this before. <laughs> oh, goodness. It is adorable. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think I would like it at first when I first heard what it was about. I'd never mm-hmm. read the, the kid's book, but like all this food being made and everything. But it comes around. It it works. Okay. Have mm-hmm. you seen it, Court? Certainly you have. Yeah. Like oh, yeah, a thousand definitely times, probably. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the there right pick for this. Yeah. yeah. For gluttony. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Raining food? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Raining food. Okay. It's raining <laughs> meatballs. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed food. to sing that much of a song. I'm allowed to sing that much. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that'll be, that'll be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after that is Christmas in July. Every July, it's Christmas in July. Can you hear the jingle bells? <laughs> I keep jingle bells on my kitchen door. Seriously. I, yeah, I, I keep them on the front door. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and they're not just bells. Mm-hmm. They are Christmas bells. It's, it's yeah, gold and white. They're little golden bells and they have a red mm-hmm. ribbon and they are, Aww. they are Christmas. And I just keep them there. I set my alarm for um, getting up to make the drive for our trip. Cause I have to drive to the airport it's, um, elsewhere. <laughs> and I, I use uh, Santa's alarm, which has some very creative use of different bells. Oh my like, goodness. I'll have to let you guys listen to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. really funny. Cool. Until next time, everybody geek on. <laughs>